name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. So be seated. And today I said we are going to move very fast so that we can have our meeting. Today I wasn't supposed to preach, but uh, I have to preach. Hallelujah. Okay, so I started something with you, and I would want to continue that, and then we'll read a few scriptures. So I want your attention to be here. This year, I said, there's supposed to be a year of consistency, so you have to be consistent. Nothing should hinder you from hearing God's word. Nothing should stop you from knowing God's word. I hear with me. Nothing should stop you from knowing God's word. Nothing should be an interfering factor in your life. So speaking about the apostolic foundations that the early church walked in, we realized that there are four main areas where they focus their energies and one of them is prayer, one of them is the word. But then we also see a place of uh, fellowship. A place of fellowship. And this time it's not really fellowship as in fellowship with the Holy Spirit, but more of like fellowship with the brethren. Amen. It is not enough for you to just have uh, fellowship with the Holy Spirit. There should be fruits of your fellowship. And we realize that your relationship with the Holy Spirit produces fruits in the life of the believer. Hallelujah. So we have what we call the fruits of the Spirit. And Jesus said unto us in John 15 that He is the one that has called us and He has empowered us or ordained or authorized us to be fruitful. And that comes because of the divine enablement, enablement by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. So anyone that is in sync with the Spirit of God, you you are supposed to bear fruits, you are supposed to be fruitful. And when you are fruitful, you bear the fruits of the Spirit. You get it. And when you have the fruits of the Spirit, you realize that it has more to do with your relationship with men in a relationship with the brethren because if there is any gentleness or there is any kindness who are you going to demonstrate it to if there's any temperance who are you going to demonstrate it to to god maybe but you realize that if we are not able to have that fellowship with men or with the brethren that means something is missing something is, is, is missing in in the early church we realized that after the outpouring of the spirit of god there was a certain pattern hallelujah so one of the patterns was prayer one of them was the word one of them was um, the fellowship we're talking about then the breaking of bread hallelujah is all part of the fellowship process and we realized that the Lord did great signs and wonders amongst them. And then one of the testimonies of their time was that 
the Lord added to the church daily. Why? Because there was always the atmosphere of love. Then as I think I established the fact that sometimes it's not really even about the content or the depth of your revelation that brings people. It is the love that is demonstrated to them. Hallelujah. What you think could have, I mean, won the, uh, the life of Zacchaeus? That Jesus would give him money? Or something like that? No. It was on another direction bearing all together. Hallelujah. So, you realize that the things that were practiced by the early church over the years, the things begin to uh, diminish. Hallelujah. So, for instance, in our era right now, where can we find a breaking of bread? Or where can we really... We all come to church and... That's a hi, hi, Kobe, hi, hi, Naira. Then maybe you shake hands or, or give a Pentecostal hug. <laughs> yeah. Then that is all. We all go to our rooms and you know, it's, it's okay, God knows. The practice of the ancient was very different. Bible says that they were so united, they were in one accord in everything they had everything in common hallelujah that's why there was the explosive dimension of god's power that's why it was witnessed in that generation but over the years we realized the emergence of early church fathers and uh, a lot of other fathers that that came in the early centuries and you realize that uh, things started shifting and things started to take on the direction of more of like intellectual argument. Hallelujah. So it's like men were trying to give interpretation to scripture and they were trying to uh, bring divisions between that which is heresy, that which is not heresy. So that's how come we have the burden of all the orthodox church, not the orthodox in your mind. Yes. So we have people that were targeted or people that were ascribed the title as what uh, being heretic and interestingly all these people whether heretic or whether uh, accepted you realize that they all started movements they all started movement but everything just became so intellectual people were trying to prove a point that okay this is this is this is the theology we need to go with this is what we need to go with and then we used to see that the earlier practice that was there, as uh, Peter said, that this is for your, for you, for your children's children, for your children's children, it started to what? Diminish. So what do you expect? Certainly, the atmosphere that created that uh, tremendous environment, that thriving environment for the believers and for the move of the Holy Ghost was was definitely missing because people now have become argumentative. So now you realize that there's, there's an emergence of various doctrines and everybody is trying to prove that uh, I am on the doctrine now, uh, my doctrine is right and all that. And interestingly, when you look through the scriptures, there is always an opposing doctrine. Do you get it? So for instance, you 
take the Trinitarian doctrine and you believe in the Trinity. You say, that, oh yeah, oh we are following Tertullian, we are following the, uh, we are following Athanasius. Yes, we are following the, the, the Council of Nicaea. They've established the Nicene Creed. Meanwhile, Arianism was also prevailing. No, Arian was partners, heretic. And Arianism promoted the whole idea of uh, opposing the Trinity. That no, it can't, it can't be. He too, he too is the Father. Hallelujah. Do you get it? And so when we bring it to our modern setting, you realize that though many will not be in class and so that's okay. I'm subscribing to Trinitarian, Trinitarian theology or I'm, I'm subscribing to Unitarian or Oneism or whatever it is. You, you, you realize that some way, somehow, they've all given birth. So now we have factions and various sects within the, the body of Christ and everybody claims to have very strong theological backing. First of all, I'll be taking you guys deeply into a lot of theology stuff so that you know that nobody knows it all. But interestingly, the approach of some of the fathers of those days, whether classified heretic or not heretic, you realize that it was all trying to prove a point or trying to debunk one another. I think the other time I, I explained a little bit about Arminianism and Calvinism. John Calvin was a great teacher of his time and then we, we had a student of him as well. He also learned from him. But then that student came up and all that he did was to debunk all the theories that was propounded by, let's say, his supposed father or his supposed how do you call it, teacher. Because he felt that, okay, uh, in the scriptures, I can also see something different. So where Calvin would say that, oh, there is the total depravity of man. Jacobus Arminius would say that, no, it is partial depravity, it is not total. Where, 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 where Calvin will say irresistible grace, he says that no, man can resist the grace of God. Where now Calvin will say that okay, perseverance of the saints, eternal security. Then Arminius will say no. So he decided to oppose, oppose, oppose. And then it led to the emergence of people that subscribe to okay, three points Calvinism, three points this. So, so now, you, you understand what is happening? Okay, I'm subscribed to three points of this, and I'll take one point, two points of this. So what are we really following? And that is that is what is what is happening. So we can say there has been an emergence of various, various churches, various, various sects, and none well, if you say that you're going to even properly analyze your analysis, you do not believe the same things. So though we do not believe the same things when you quickly look at the things we should look at the places that are common and that should be the basis for our unification hallelujah we all cannot subscribe to the same thing and yet it is the body of christ it is sad how sometimes certain basic things which are not really even important to the lord that becomes the point of division for, for the church of God. So now, I, you have a group of people that might have learned from one father. And now they are saying that all, only what they have come to believe is what is 
what is right and all others all others are wrong so you go into the sect of Mormonism, they'll say the same you go into the sect of JW they'll tell you the same it says their own that is that is right you you are missing you didn't interpret your bible word so now it boils down to now interpretation of scripture Hallelujah. Amen. Interpretation of scripture. So sometimes I, I wonder, I sit back and realize that ah, basically we are all believing the same. We are reading the same thing. We believe the same, but it is just how we understand the things that we have read and our pride and arrogance in the interpretation of those things, how we want to claim a certain kind of superiority or supremacy over, over other scholars or other people that have also brought up their interpretation. And and, and that, that in itself, that is that is the thing that is draining out the life. So as believers, if we really want to understand some of this, we need to look at how, how did the apostles, how, how did they live? You know, they, 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 they didn't all have the same uh, understanding, though we all believe the same things. Yeah, basic things that okay, yes, it is the same Christ we are following. But when you look at their writings, they were very, very different. Very, very different. Somebody will read James and will see complete law. Somebody will read the book of James and will see grace out of James. And that will read the book of Revelations. And what do you see? When you read the book of Revelation, what do you see? Some will begin to have horror in their minds and in their heart. But somebody else will read the book of Revelation. What an amazing, glorious book of Revelation. Are we having people having certain feelings? If you read the book of Revelation, what comes to your mind? When you read Daniel and you are seeing all those visions and, and all that, Paul comes, not talking much about visions, but then he also places his things there. Not that he did not have them. He had them, but he decided to also have a certain approach to it. So, I just want to throw a little caution to all of us. Deal with your pride. Hallelujah. There are so many things that sometimes you can even know. And you might not know that you are wrong. You might not know that you are wrong. Thank you, Senator. I remember when we were young. Back in the messages, uh, some people were teaching certain things that it didn't really settle well with me to understand it, to grasp it was there. What was problematic? I said, No, it's, a, it's an error. It's not, no, no, it is my understanding. My understanding was rather lacking. But because I still have some biblical knowledge, I managed to confuse those that were believing what I think was right that mm, there has to be recorrections and he said oh yes they will do recorrections and all that that means they were not really grounded though they had the the right teaching and all that because usually I mean when i take the scripture again when i'm reading i'll read the, a lot of uh commentaries so you pick up the ideas from documentaries there's a lot of them so it's like you somehow somehow have an idea how they interpreted it and in that confused state, thinking that you are in the excellent 
knowledge of truth, you confuse others. Hallelujah. Then one day, uh, God started enlightening me. I started learning a lot, and I realized that okay, I rather have to upgrade my understanding. And there was a point. There was a very good friend of mine who was also teaching very serious, serious law then. But he is more powerful even in the scriptures. I think you know him. He is more powerful in the scriptures. So then I said, no. How to get that my friend and start reteaching the the correct things. <laughs> By the time I met him, I realized that my friend has advanced even more than me. You see, he's still thinking that okay, maybe he's still in that, but he has also grown. Hallelujah! So when it comes to our knowledge of God, there is a way you need to have this truth. You, 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 you ought to be teachable. Hallelujah. Somebody cannot teach them. You cannot, even the openness to, let me listen to what you have to say, then let me go back to the scriptures. No, they won't, they don't, they don't want to. And it is not a good thing. So tell them about the studios. Be studios. And then be open minded about the scriptures. So all these things happened, happened in the early church. So many, so we think very, very popular. So those were the moments that a lot of isms arose. If I say the isms, you understand. A lot of doctrines. So this one was the, I am of this, I am, I am, I believe in the oneness and one. No, so we, we believe to tell you who you are, heretic schools, so you are heretic. So everybody is what, heretic. To somebody and who you are thinking is a false teacher is also thinking that you're a false teacher no do you get what is happening and it's exactly what is happening right now even in the body of christ but just that because of the amplification of social media and that's why i think i was making a certain scenario then imagine the days of jesus there was no social media they told jesus that Jesus is a man with us in a wine Bible, a friend of publicans and sinners. They they they, they stated it emphatically that this is what Jesus is doing. And we realize that actually Jesus went for the parties. Jesus went for he visited Zacchaeus, the people that were considered the like the sinners of the land, the people that I mean were stealing, stealing the country's money and things. Jesus was visiting them today. I'm coming to visit you. Don't you think we would have tagged Jesus as a charlatan in this era? And even with the amplification of social media. Yes, in fact, David, the metropolitan, David told him, what, what did they tell him about? When, when he was casting out devils, what did they tell him? They told him that he's using the power of the devil to cast out devils. You get it. So in our in in era, if there was social media, what would we be saying? Well, you can imagine how far it would go. Because even that time, they told him that. It's so sad how sometimes, despite our quest for knowledge and growth in spiritual things, 
we are still unteachable. And our pride, we are really anchored in our pride. Though we may not open profess that our pride. But it's clearly written on your head. Say, Lord, help me. In, a, in, a, in, 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 in the days, remember Peter trying to say that whole. He was trying to talk about the theology of the apostle, the apostle Paul. And he realized that, okay, this man really has insight into, into the word and some of the things that he says. It is, it is not easy to just swallow like that. He acknowledged it that, yes, we've had encounters. We, we have seen Jesus face to face. Maybe you saw him in visions. Maybe we saw him physically. We ate with him. And also now we have even saw him. Transfiguration of Jesus. So they all had their experiences of Jesus, and yet he could acknowledge that there is much more to the mystery of Christ. I hear with me. So we we have to really learn how to be teachable because the Holy Spirit is supposed to be a teacher to us. He's supposed to teach you or, or mentor you, mold you into what the scriptures say concerning our lives. And interestingly, we find ourselves in an era where others will say that no, your Holy Spirit is not, is not something that we should interact with. The Holy Spirit is just a force. You understand? That's another strong doctrine. You are saying he's the best. Me, I'm saying, no, the Bible is saying that he's the power of God. So his power is force. That is what he's subscribing to. So you that you are saying that he's the best. He can't understand you. I can you relate with what I'm saying? In the in the early centuries, there arose a group of people that really love the Lord. We call them. The fathers that were in the desert. They were more of like monks or you know, how do we say people that just wanted to dedicate their lives to the Lord. More of like, I want to live a life of solitude. I want to live a life of devotion, prayer. So such people they just isolated themselves, they were in the desert of Egypt. So for them, it is all about holiness unto the Lord and nothing else. I just want to serve God. I just want to uh, love God. I want to know God. But all in one, isolation. It had its benefits. But then we realized it's a little disadvantage because there, you realize that the level of impact that could have given me released on their generation was less even though there were people that were also into the realms of the spirit. So even though it is something that we can all acknowledge yet, it is just for example that okay it's good to have very good fellowship with the Lord and all that. But then we have to talk about the impact on society as well. I hear with me. So, so many fathers arose. 
so many fathers. I think you know much about the early fathers and all that, and all the all the teachings that came up. But their teachings, as we should know, should not be the final. Hallelujah. You should go back to the scriptures. As I said, you know, in our era right now, in our generation, we realize that there's a lack of very strong uh, theology or doctrinal backings. Though we believe that, okay, there's the move of the Spirit, this thing is happening. But you realize that the packing of the word is really missing. And that becomes the shortcoming of our generation. Hallelujah. And because of this shortcoming, you realize that others that might be having very strong roots in their uh, in their doctrines and all that, that have followed, that have been consistent, they will, they will never accept anything that you present. Remember those days? Those days, I used to have studies with some, some of them. They would listen to you, but they would never accept what you have to say. It's like they came to teach you. You understand? It's like they came to teach you. You understand? So in our time, we need to we need to really go back to the word. It's one of the things that we have to be very consistent in. We want to see the power of the word and work. As I said, uh, what did Peter say? He said, as for us, we are going to give ourselves to prayer and the word and the ministration of the word. These are very, very important. Ask your neighbor, what do you subscribe to? What are you feeding on? Open to answer. Each of them, 
and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Say it after me. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Okay, let me continue. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So they, they began to speak with what? Other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devote men out of every what nation under heaven. Hello, are you there? I'm coming to lay a certain emphasis here, so listen very well. It says, and there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devote men out of every nation under heaven. So people from every part of the world were present there. Now, when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. Hallelujah. Amen. I've taught this before, but I want, I want you to understand something here. Six. Now, when this was noised abroad, so we know that the Spirit of God came upon them, and the Bible says they started speaking in tongues. Now, when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together. So the people from every nation under heaven, as the scripture described it, they were confounded. Why were they surprised like that? Why were they so like... Why? Let's look. He said, because that every man had them speak in his own language. So usually, I think this, this area, this thing has really created a lot of controversies, even when it comes to uh, the gifts and operations of the Spirit. Hallelujah. But I believe that if we can carefully read it as I'm reading it with you, you you capture what actually happened. So, there is this first theory that says that they spoke in known languages. Hallelujah. So, they spoke in known languages. That was the reason why the people that were around could hear them speak. So, now, this will be used to debunk your idea or your theory of speaking in tongues. Meanwhile, we know clearly that there's a place of tongues for edification. What did he say? He said, I'll pray with my spirit, then I'll pray in the understanding also. Do you remember? Do you remember First Corinthians? Okay. So, look at it. Look at it, though. Look at it. So here, what was the miracle that actually occurred? First of all, we know that the Spirit of God came upon them. And then they, they all started speaking. Some will say that you are speaking gibberish. Some will say you are just making noise. Because the comments that they made was that, hey, these guys, probably they are drunk with what? A new wine. Now, the greater miracle here is this. They were dumbfounded because that every man had them speak in his own language. Do you, you understand? Who, who understands the English here? Hello. Yeah. So the deduction is that it's not that people were translating the message to different languages. Yes. So as I speak away, someone was to get it in Ghana. Yes. So that's exactly. the interpretation. Exactly. So and that is what is missing 
in the various sects. So you see, I told you earlier that when it comes to scripture, it is the interpretation. We are reading the same thing. We believe, okay, we all believe that, okay, this is the written word of God. You said, okay, we are dealing with the scriptures only. Yes, we are all dealing with the scriptures only. When you go to any sect at all, they will all believe the scriptures. But how they interpreted it? Oh, it was, they all spoken known as they spoken, maybe you hear me speaking in a certain language. No, that is not what he's saying. He said that each man heard them speak in his own words. So it's a greater miracle than even what we are, what, 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 what people are trying to present. Do you understand? It's not like I, you, you heard me speaking key uh, or you heard me speaking anyway. No, as I'm speaking, each man heard them speak in his own what, language. This is a greater miracle. So there's a miracle of, okay, we are all speaking, then the greater miracle of each man under the heaven, all hearing them speak in their own language. So you see how simple it is, but when we read, we all read with different lenses. And because of our interpretation of this, some we say, that, okay, uh, so now, if any man is speaking in tongues, if I hear ten speaking in tongues, and I cannot hear it in my language, then he's not really speaking in tongues, you miss what the scripture said. And because of that, others have numbed themselves to the move of God. And okay, uh, if it is not this, it is not that. Meanwhile, there are diversities. Hallelujah. There, there is the other dimension of tongues when that Paul actually equated to uh, prophecy. Do you understand? Where he was saying that, okay, it's, it's good that we all uh, should prophesy. It's good that we all should uh, speak in tongues. And then if anybody should speak in tongues, you know, there should be an interpreter. That is, that's with the gift. Hallelujah. The gift of what? Speaking in tongues, which comes with an interpretation, which is equal to prophecy. Hallelujah. But you should know that this is very, very distinct. When it becomes prophecy, it edifies the church. It is very, very distinct from that which edifies. Most say that I thank God and I speak in tongues more than you. Or what kind of tongues was he speaking? You think it's the tongues that he will speak, then he will interpret. No, he speaks about the tongues that edifies him. Do you get it? So I'll pray with my spirit. And I'll pray in the understanding also. Hallelujah. But then we, we just we, we just jump up everything. And because of the lack of the interpretation of this particular point of scripture, many will say that, oh, I don't have anything to do with that. Again. So have you seen the things that actually bring division? They are just little, little, little things. One day I was talking with a friend and my friend said, ah, basically all these ah, divisions in the body of Christ that we have, it's just one or two scriptures that is wrongly misinterpreted. That's what brings the whole problem. If you are saying that, let's say, uh, let me give an example of uh, John Calvin's theory saying that okay it is God that saves is, is anybody fighting the idea that it's God that saves nobody is fighting the idea that God, God it is God that saves yes it is God that saves and God has the power to save but then he is saying that okay uh, God has the power to save but then he will save only those that he will save and then the other guy comes and says that 
And you are saying that it's God that says, but I think it is dependent on man. The man is the salvation dependent on the man, whether he has to believe or and in reality is the two all not working together. Yes, the God has the power to say, and I believe. But now it has brought two divisions. Say, I believe in five points this, I believe in five points that. Sometimes I even don't even understand the, the, the reason for, for all of that. What point are you trying to prove that you're also a professor or something? What point, what point are you trying to prove? <laughs> Based on my idea, God is all powerful. And if God should show his kindness to man, no man can resist it. And then you also come and say that. And yes, God can show his kindness to you, but you can you, you can resist it, you can reject God. Things which are not supposed to be divisions. And now everybody say, I'm this, I'm that, I'm that. I remember one day when I talked on this, we had one of the presidents of AG visiting us. So he came and he was thanking me so much for bringing a little clarity on there. I think that time we were at the... Uh, not the mission, the, this place, the tropics. So he said, ah, he said, do I know that on campus here, there are people who say, like, me, they are a Calvinist. This one's like, me, they are a You just discovered something recently in scripture and then you just begin to link, you, you are this, you, you are, you are, you are, you are what? I'm a minionist. It shows the shallowness, how shallow how shallow you are. Haven't you realized that it is an involvement? Involvement of understanding, revelation. So whatever they had to do in the body, right? they did their works and then they actually presented it. But you need to understand that we grow. It's just like someone saying that, okay, uh, yes, people are saying that the blood of Jesus, uh, maybe I'm using blood of goats uh, and bones. The Bible doesn't deny the fact that you are using blood of goat and bone. He's saying that, yes, it was valid, but it served for a while. Now I'm great. That is all that it's, it's saying. But in this time, there are people that say, okay, me, yes, I still believe in the blood of goats and goats. And they are not wrong, but they will still point to you the scripture. So it is about understanding. And it is humility. If you are not humble, this thing that I'm saying, like, I'm so surprised as we have read, he just interpreted the thing to us. You'll be so surprised that somebody will fight it and still, still link to his view that no, no, I, I still don't believe. Meanwhile, you are hearing, you are seeing the word by word. So, no. And do you know, do you know why it happens like that? It's because of allegiance to concepts. Hallelujah. You see, God is bigger than theology. In fact, when I mean to realize when when you go through uh, a lot of theologians, professors, and all, everybody is a professor in some. Just as you in, in a physical world, you have a professor. Maybe he has studied geology. Somebody who has studied biology. The same way, somebody has taken that. Okay, me, I'm a professor in, in this particular aspect of it. Then you decide to link to all that the person is saying. 
And the funny thing is that everybody is trying to make himself uh, a little bit prominent. And in trying to make himself prominent, you need to debunk theories so that your name will go into the books as one that debunked the theory of your father. Just to make a name. Hallelujah. Let's jump. So I hope you've got the whole idea of the tongue speaking and the interpretation of tongues. Yeah. It's not that they were actually speaking in their in different languages, but the greater miracle was that each man heard them speak in their own native language. And the interesting is that is that they said every multitude under heaven the known world at that time, they were all present. It's as, as if they are gathered. As if they want for how do you call it pilgrimage, and people have got it. Let's go. So, and how hear we, every man in our own tongue, wherein we were born? So now, to bring clarity to it, maybe you didn't understand. You didn't understand what was said very well. He said, "And how hear we, every man?" You do understand because it is it is something else. Even if somebody has drunk wine. If they are drunk a similar one, how come we are hearing? He says something about hearing my own thing. And you, two, you are saying that you are hearing it in your own native language. This is this is this is serious. And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? Then it starts mentioning passions and medicine and elamites and dwellers in Mesopotamia, all the world there at that time. Great and tall. And they were all amazed. And were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? Then others, there will always be mockers. Hallelujah. There will always be mockers. Some of them are, might even be theologians. You understand? And sometimes they actually do it out of, uh, not out of a hatred, but then that is their understanding too. Are you here with me? So sometimes, sometimes in all sincerity, they are not doing it because uh, they want to maybe speak against. They think whatever they are presenting is what is right. I then, like as I was thinking and looking, maybe what I know at the point in time is right. But I realize that with time I've upgraded. I'm growing. I'm still growing the things of God, and I believe that there are things, so many things that God will actually want to teach me too. I only say that I've come. I've arrived. No. Then others mocking said, These men are full of new wine. You think they were saying mocking, but you actually speaking the spirit. Indeed, these men are full of new wine. But what new wine will cause every man to speak? And as they speak, everybody will hear in their own native language. Is indeed a new wine unknown. Then Peter stood and administered the word and then many were added to the church so after the demonstration of the spirit after the sharing of the word we realized that that was not just the the end that was just not the end but what, what happened now this whole discipleship thing started. He 
Is anybody able to call that same bushel for a while? We have to practice proper discipleship like what they practice. I'll read it to you. They practice proper discipleship. Discipleship like I'm living with you or I'm, I'm, I'm regularly checking up on you. These things are important too. It's not, it's not a generation that is in the this. Okay, ask maybe somebody, maybe Ella is checking up on you, then in your mind you are thinking that they will, why is Ella worrying and what is this man checking? And then you are just worrying us like that. This one is even, she's even using social media. Now what about those days when they will visit your house from the next house, you move to the next house? This social media has done it is helping, it is helping, but we are we are missing the picture, and it is making us uh, not see the intensity of the practice of the early church. Let's go. I'm jumping. So Peter preached a long, very long sermon. Then. 39. He said, For the promise, hallelujah, Amen. for the promise is unto you, and what? To your children, and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall what? call. So sometimes people just look at the scripture, oh, okay, yeah, uh, it is, all these things have ceased. It's no God. If God is not calling anybody, then it has ceased. But let's see. Is God calling people? Let's look at it. Let's read again. For the promise is unto you and what? And to your children. Maybe you said, okay, it's just the first generation. And to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So those not born yet. And as many that will come. So if you say that you do not believe that the promise is still there, we have seen the manifestation, the presence of the Spirit of God. If you still don't believe this, then it means that you don't you don't believe that God is actually still saving. Then don't believe at all. Do you, do you, do you, do you get an analogy? God said to as many as the Lord would. So how come you believe that, okay, the message is still relevant, but the power of the Spirit, no, you have nothing to do with that. Then let then, then stop, stop, don't believe at all, then everything has ended. Are we here? Okay. Then they that gladly received, they were baptized. Then 42. This is where our consistency has to be. And they continued. Say, 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 and they continued. And they continued. Steadfastly. So, we can see the characteristics of the early church. And we realize that this was their mode of practice. And even in times of great persecution, they always get back together. I don't remember when uh, when Peter 
Peter was up and then the church started to pray. But they realized that if they don't pray, they don't take care. Uh, Peter will also be, be taken away just like that. And when they were praying, not knowing an angel of the Lord has been sent to release Peter. When Peter got there, they were even surprised. In times of persecution, where fear was placed deeply into their hearts, one of the things that can make you stop doing the work of God is the fear. Fear was placed into their hearts. They were all running for their lives. What did they do? They maintained the unity. See, there are moments in our lives where sometimes you see that you are going down in terms of understanding you are going down in terms of fire like you know that something is wrong somewhere go back to the foundations what did they do sometimes it's something maybe life issue or something shaking the foundation of your faith this is where now the company really matters the right company really matters if the man if a man really wants to practice consistency the right company. So they go back to their company and now they begin to present their case to the Lord. And Lord, this is what is happening. This is the issue. We are being we are being what how we call it uh we are being attacked, persecuted. All forms of tribulations coming our way. What should we do? And there's literal manifestation. Tablets is shaking and they are empowered. Why? Because they found themselves in that atmosphere. It's one of the reasons why many people lose faith, even in the church of God. Because sometimes we neglect the necessity of our association. You might not really think that oh, oh it doesn't really add anything. In this our journey, this our wealth, uh, we are all just one, one, one. But it's not like that. In the church, we are what? We are a body. As I keep on seeing you, as I see you, you see me. Our faith is what? Encouraged. I'm empowered when I see that God is doing amazing things in your life. And I know that definitely I'm also getting there. I'm empowered when I hear your great testimonies of God. The other time when, was it last two years, when I was teaching here, your friend, your white man friend, he was crying. He was just crying. It was on the 31st. So later he, told, he came to me and was telling that, like, everything that I was preaching is exactly what was, that, that was his experience. And he's not telling me how their environment is like and how people easily into depression and isolation and all that all because of the nature of the environment you don't have anything to do with anybody it's all about okay go through your work make your money come back so people need god people need the word of god for survival but they are not getting it because where are you going to get it from so if you come back you're in your room you are not in your room you're on the internet you are not in the internet what else anything that will give you pleasure you will do that so that time the time will be you want to wait time so that next day will come. 
So at a point, you realize that that is not a remedy. You don't get any psychologist or counselor to help you put you into good shape or some therapist to put you into good shape temporarily. By the time you realize it is affecting your, your mind, it is affecting your mental health. So I tell you, like, oh, suicide, this, 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 all sorts of things. Even when you study sociology, you tell you the importance of, of, of some of these uh, spiritual experiences. It is never very important. There's a way it brings a certain kind of peace to our hearts. So this is not something that we should neglect. The apostles really practiced it. And what was the result? I would say that they flourished like they flourished. Nobody laughed. So if it is something that brings in this generation, what, what, what brings the majority of the problems? Money. That power of association, that power of brotherly love and kindness, it solved everything. It solved everything. Let's continue. So what did they do? They continued steadfastly. They continued steadfastly. What does it mean to be steadfast? Is it that to be constant or to be devoted? To continue. To be diligent, to persevere, to be in constant readiness. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in breaking of bread, and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles and all that believed were together and they had am I the one saying it? can you say it after me? 44 and all that believed were together what was it? say it again Had all things what common. Usually, if we are seeing the next one, it doesn't settle that way. <laughs> and so their possessions, you know. I had one one guy, somebody interpreted and said that oh, those days they thought Jesus was coming soon, so <laughs> they thought Jesus was coming soon, so no need to accumulate wealth and things for themselves. So they sold all their possessions and. But they knew, if they knew that, Obechek Akra like, <laughs> they would have, nobody <laughs> would have kept it to themselves. <laughs> but that is not the case. Look at it. Whether Jesus was coming early or he's not coming now, what did they do? And they sold all their possessions and goods and parted them to all men, as every man had need. And they continued. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread. Breaking bread from where? 
from house to house. How many of you live in a place where you calculate? You calculate the amount of water you drink.
So it goes in there, he was blessing him. He started thinking, what at all could be this blessing? This blessing such that all the nations of the earth will be blessed out of me. Then it cannot be physical blessing. So Bible says that through faith, these are elders, they obtain a good report. Why? Because it was a walk they had with God. They will walk with God. So the actual promise was the promise, the, the seed that was supposed to manifest. That was prophesied from the book of uh, Genesis. Spoke about the seed of the woman that shall bruise the head of the serpent. Then throughout the ages we can see how God selected. There was the flood. Then we can see Noah. Then we can see uh, Abraham coming to the scene and Abraham's sons and grandchildren coming to the scene. Then Israel coming out. Then we see the Exodus. Then we see the nation of Israel coming up. Then we can see kings being raised. First of all, judges, then kings. Then later, <clears throat> we can see the selection. Selection said it was narrowed out until the time came. Hallelujah. But these men laid said, I was like, they saw the promise from afar. They were persuaded of the promise and they embraced the promise and then they confessed and professed the promise when they had not seen because that was that all things died in faith not having obtained the promise so yes they used faith to obtain promises but in context the faith they were uh, they were actually talking about is the substance you see, the, the actual substance of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. No wonder when you follow scriptures very well. Now you begin to understand shadows, types, shadows and types. And then you understand the actual substance. So almost everything that we did in the New Testament, when you look through the scriptures, every from Genesis, uh, Exodus, Leviticus, uh, Numbers, Deuteronomy, all the books, all the poetic writings, major prophets, and minor prophets, all of them had their points, even Malachi. Hallelujah. They all pointed to Jesus. So those were the shadows and the typologies. And there were instances where there were even pre-incarnate manifestations of the Lord in those days. But almost everything was a type. Lord, I love talk about the, how do you call it, the, the sacrifices. Everything was pointed to him and his sacrificial work. So, they had the experience of the shadows and the types, the typologies, and yet they believed so much in this as if it was what the substance. No wonder when God looks at them, he just, he's just so amazed. All these died in faith, not having obtained the promise. That is the work. So there are things that we need to learn from. As they saw it from afar, as they embraced, as they were fully persuaded, as they confessed and professed. So we should learn from this. 
there are things that is more related to ideologies and philosophies. Those are those, those things are stronger than demons. They are like principalities. Hallelujah. So even usually, if you are dealing with even a spirit, like if you are dealing with the spirit, and let's say you exercise the spirit, is the philosophy or the ideology or the knowledge base of the person that will ensure the true deliverance. Hallelujah. Because if the person still is not having the right knowledge of truth, what do you expect? There will be Jesus, Marashikin, Link, 
we pray as well also for anyone whose parents are not feeling well, anyone that has any issues in their addictions, issues with the house, conflict, etc. We are praying that the Lord, we ask of the Lord that God Himself will resolve all of these issues in the name of Jesus. And we ask that even as you have come over here, whatever burden that you came with will be lifted off from your hands. Jesus. That you are going as a free man. Amen. You are going as a free woman. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the word that has come unto us. We believe that, Father, Lord, this infallible word is the word of the season for us. And we thank you, Father, Lord, for the man, for the life of the man of God and what he has shared with us. We pray that he cause us, Father, Lord, to be, Father, Lord, the partakers of this word. We ask that, Father, Lord, you cause us to be the doers of this word and not just the hearers only. We ask that, Father, Lord, we experience Father, Lord, the manifestation of this word in our lives, in the name of Jesus. We also, Father, Lord, we pray that you continue to strengthen that bond, that peace, that unity that exists, Father, Lord, in this ministry, in the name of Jesus. We also ask for God, and as we commit our week into your hands, Father, Lord, let us continue to experience your blessings. Let us continue to experience your, your, your grace. Let us, oh God, continue to experience your goodness throughout this week in the name of Jesus. We cancel any form of bad news. If the enemy comes up to eat up our flesh, he shall stumble. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, your son's name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for your time and intercession.